The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. There's a real, literal threat to our ecosystems that's happening right now. The emerald ash borer, which is a type of beetle, the invasive species is marching across Canada. And it's it's noted that the beetle is actually quite beautiful. Like, it's it's of the, of the type that you might look and be, like, admiring it, not knowing that it's actually causing havoc <laughs> to its host. So it's actually 100% lethal, and it's it's across North America. Like, to think that these, these little critters... I don't know. Do you call bugs critters? I don't know. I think I think critters is, is not for, for insects, but this, these insects that look beautiful, you might admire them, are actually destroying our ecosystem. I do wonder if they're related at all to the mountain pine beetle. If there's a connection if down the a, family yeah, tree exactly. or what have you. I mean, yeah. it seems like beetles are causing most of our conundrums in the boreal world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the pine beetle seems to, to wreak havoc every spring through through fall. Uh, but it's this is sort of similar in in the sense that the the pine beetle hides. And this beetle too, it's up in the branches. It's not near the trunk of the tree. So it's it's hiding oh, it's up in sneaky. the Yeah, it's hiding up in the tree, either in the branches or, or or in the not the trunk, but in the tree itself. So and it's making its way across the prairies. And this is crazy though. What? The bug can fly anywhere from three hundred meters to ten kilometers at any given time. What? Straight? It's doing ten K? Yeah. It's like the it's like the marathon runner yeah. of bugs. Yeah, just running a half marathon. Oh my goodness. Okay, well so we're we're about to talk to Mike Jenkins, who's a biological sciences technician at the city of Edmonton, who's hopefully gonna break this down a little bit more for us because to me I'm I, I understand that we that we don't want the beetles, the various kinds of beetles that devastate our forests there, but I, I don't I feel like I don't necessarily know what damage like are they are they eating the trees are they are they living in the trees and thus killing them these are these are the various questions we have to pose to mike jenkins who we welcome to the show hi mike how are you pretty good how are you we are great thank you for asking so i just want to start off mike can you tell us a little bit more like the coles notes version of the emerald ash borer what kind of bug is it what does it do so yeah, it's a beetle that's in a family called the metallic wood boring beetles. So the beetle itself flies from tree to tree, lays its eggs, and the egg hatches and the larva actually burrows into the tree underneath the bark. And the larva develops underneath the bark of the tree. So it's burrowing, uh, tunneling underneath the bark. Uh, can develop in some cases two or three years underneath that bark. And it's that stage that actually does most of the damage to the tree. Um, one beetle probably isn't a problem. It's when you get multiple beetles that are all attacking that tree over several years, it ends up cutting off the vascular system of the tree uh, and ends up killing the tree. Uh, then they're spreading out from there. They fly to a new tree, lay their eggs. The larva is developing underneath the bark. And while they're developing under there, it's virtually impossible to, to detect these uh, larvae developing underneath the bark. And so they can uh, go for five, ten years before anyone even realizes that uh, the problem is developing and the trees are starting to die. I feel like most of us are familiar, Mike, with the with the mountain pine beetle. And when we think mm-hmm. of it, we're like, okay, this is a bad bug. It's not good for our forest. Can you can you compare and contrast the two? Is it is it is that similar to what the mountain pine beetle does? It, yeah, pretty similar. Uh, mountain pine beetle is a much smaller beetle. 
Um, there, it's in the bark beetle family, um, and it actually will transport a fungus uh, that uh, it clogs up the vascular system of the, the pine trees and kills it much more quickly. Um, and uh, the uh, beetle larvae actually feed on the fungus. Uh, as far as we know, that doesn't happen with the emerald ash borer, uh, but the emerald ash borer, the larva, is much, much larger than uh, with the um, mountain pine beetle or um, the smaller European elm bark beetle that carries such elm disease, uh, some of these smaller bark beetles. But the uh, larva itself, the galleries that it creates are large enough that they are enough to do enough damage to kill off the tree by itself. So why has it been so tough to contain in quarantine, Mike? Well, in a large part, it was uh, because it took so long to realize what was happening when it first arrived in North America. Uh, in Asia, where it's originally from, uh, this beetle wasn't a problem at all. Um, for millions of years, it's been developing in its native ash environment and has not been an issue. Uh, it was only when it got introduced into North America that it became a pest, started killing off ash trees. Uh, and it had already been established for probably 10 years before it they started realizing that it was killing trees. Uh, and so by then, um, they were kind of realizing, okay, these trees are starting to die. Only then did they start even uh, figuring out exactly what this beetle was, how it developed. Uh, so all of that in, uh, research into the biology had to start right then and there. And so all of that has just happened in about the last decade or so. And it's only now that we're starting to get a pretty good handle on exactly w what this beetle is, how it develops, uh, how it dis uh, moves after uh, it's uh, developed through its life cycle, uh, what sort of resistance the, the trees have against these beetles, and uh, that we've actually developed tools that we can use against it as well. Mike, how do we suppose the beetle got to Edmonton? Well, we haven't seen emerald ash borer in Edmonton yet, um, so hopefully we are able to keep that one out um, in much the same way we have with uh, Dutch elm disease and some of these other ones. Um, so emerald ash borer hasn't shown up in uh, Edmonton yet, uh, but it has shown up in places like Winnipeg, uh, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. Um, uh, some of the movement is possibly through uh, the beetle itself. They can actually fly quite a long distance. Uh, after they emerge from a tree, but a lot of the movement is probably through uh, things like firewood. Um, so in these areas where a lot of the ash trees are dying, they're cutting down hundreds, sometimes hundreds of thousands of uh, ash trees. Um, there's tons of free firewood for the asking lying around. People are picking it up, carrying it all over the country, um, using it uh, in... Uh, backyard uh, barbecues, things like that, but that's potentially carrying the beetle all over the country and exposing everyone else to uh, massive risks of this beetle being spread. So it's really important not to move firewood, uh, not just ash trees, but uh, moving pine from northern Alberta or northern BC could easily spread mountain pine beetle. Uh, just uh, burn it where you buy it, and uh, moving firewood is a really bad idea. Mike, if we can, I'd just like to switch gears for a few minutes and just talk mm -hmm. about uh, uh, mosquitoes. And, and this is, right. it, it, just for me, I mean, the, you know, and a lot of our listeners are probably wondering the same. I, I just haven't noticed them that much so far this year based on the weather that we've had. Yeah, we've been uh, remarkably lucky. We actually had a really dry May, so we didn't have much in the way of mosquito development there. Now we've had a ton of uh, rain in the past few weeks, but it's also been really chilly. 
Um, so it's slowed down their development. It's allowed our mosquito control crews to get out there and uh, had a much larger window of opportunity to actually reduce the number of larvae that were developing uh, before the adults emerged. So they were able to, uh, within our program area, reduce the number of mosquitoes that uh, were developing there. And then uh, the cold temperatures, both uh, during the days, that slowed down their development and at nights that slowed down their movement once they actually did emerge, um, uh, reduces their activity. Um, so, uh, yeah, even though the, the numbers have been fairly high from the, the rainfalls that we've had, um, we've been able to uh, reduce their amounts through uh, the mosquito control program, and their activity is reduced by the cold temperatures. So although it seems kind of miserable as a summer, we've at least had that benefit from it. Mike, I have to interject because I literally have like three mosquito bites on me right now. I have like, like as you're talking about this, I'm like itching the one on my leg. I was like, please stop. So I have, okay, I have to ask, I'm hoping this answer might be in your wheelhouse. Is there something about certain people that the mosquitoes are attracted to more, like something chemical that draws them Absolutely. in? Absolutely. Yep. Break yeah, it down for me. Different people can be... Uh can be far more attractive than other people to mosquitoes. Uh, a lot of it has to do with just uh, personal chemistry. There's some uh, indication that even blood type might be uh, more, certain blood types might be more attractive than others. Um, o seems to be more positive than A, for example. Um, but uh, it can also have to do with uh, diet. Um, there was a period I was actually on antibiotics for a while. And while I was on those antibiotics, I was just swarmed by mosquitoes. It was uh, insane. Um, so, yeah, uh, all of those can have an effect. Um, even things, um, uh, a lot of the, the stuff that mosquitoes are attracted to, uh, including um, uh, lactic acid in your perspiration, uh, the uh, uh, other components of your perspiration, um, body heat, uh, carbon dioxide that you're exhaling, all those can be increased uh, when you're drinking. So people who are in the backyard uh, drinking alcohol can actually be much more attractive to mosquitoes than someone who's not drinking. They also may not notice as often that they're actually getting bitten until later. So, uh, yeah, someone who's in the backyard drinking may end up with uh, a lot more bites than uh, someone who uh, isn't drinking. So, yeah, th there can definitely be a lot of uh, differences uh, just between individuals and uh, how much bites they get. And uh, there's also a lot of differences in what their actual reaction is to the bites afterwards. Mike, and I've also noticed a lot less bee activity in the mm -hmm. area. And I think, it, does that go coincide with the weather that we're getting to? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the cool temperatures uh, have an effect on a lot of insects. Uh, and so uh, cool temperatures generally are going to uh, drop the activity uh, availability of any insect. Uh, that includes bees, it includes yellow jackets, ants. Um, all of those sorts of things. So uh, in terms of uh, uh, development of yellow jacket nests, stuff like that, uh, the cool temperatures and rainy conditions are probably going to be uh, good news for most people in that regard as well. Um, we're not going to get the same sort of development of uh, yellow jacket nests we've seen the last few years um, with uh, really huge uh, nests by the end of the, the summer. Um, they're probably going to be much smaller, uh, more dispersed this year. Um, so that's Probably good news to a lot of people, but actually uh, yellow jackets, most of their food actually comes in the form of uh, flies and caterpillars. So they're actually uh, a pretty beneficial organism as well. But, Mike? Uh, oh. Sorry, <laughs> Mike, I interrupted you. 
stories. No. I was about to I was about to give you a compliment. So if you'll let me proceed, <laughs> I'd like to compliment you. Mike Jenkins, biological sciences technician, or as I would infer, bug expert on pretty much everything. <laughs> Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you.